1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Fooled my cheating STBXW into thinking I was cheating, then thermonuclear shinobi ghosted and served her Christmas day. I hope you've got some time and a snack, because this one is going to be super long, as the events that follow span from late 2019 to last week. As per the rules, all names are altered herein. Okay, so here's the backstory. My sdbxw was my high school sweetheart. We started dating in 1992 when we were both 17 we're both 45 now and have been together ever since. She's the only woman I've ever been with my entire life. We married five years later at 22, fresh out of college. A year later, we had our first of two children, both boys. 22 and 17, 23 years. I gave to her, built her a house, worked my ass off to give her the life. She wanted sure we had rough patches, but what marriage doesn't even in the worst of times, we found a way to pull through and come out the other side better, which made the discovery of her affair that much more jarring. Flashback to March 2020, when I first got the feeling something was off. For a good two months prior, we were in a funk. I was on the mend from reconstructive knee surgery blew out my ACL fall 2019 but still elking in movement. At the time I only had about 55% range of motion on my knee. This took a toll on quite a lot in the house. I was out on workers' comp, as I had been injured on the job and I was unable to do my usual household duties so a lot got backed up. My sons would do what they could, but tasks only I was capable of doing had to be put on the back burner, or my wife had to do, which she wasn't pleased with. Things also crawled to a standstill in the bedroom between us. It had already slowed down prior to my injury, but in the state I was in at the time it completely stopped. During these months, she will call her Sue was spending more time hanging with co-workers after work. Between November, 2019 to March, 2020, it was a regular occurrence for her. Naturally, I thought nothing of it. I've never in the 23 years I've been with her had any reason to worry or not trust her. She has her friends, I have mine, and we have mutual. I'd go hang out with my friends all the time and there was no issue. It was all above board. It was around January of this year that I noticed something odd. Sue started getting noticeably distant with me sure we were in a funk but she'd never deny me affection to that point the usual hugs and kisses she'd give me came to a halt her phone was attached to her hand long before my suspicion grew but she'd always share and show me things she discovered on the web diy ideas and recipes on pinterest memes, all kinds of stuff but she was now being guarded about her phone even her interactions with me became more snippy as if she couldn't be bothered, so we're now in March. COVID has arrived and New York City is locked down. Our chosen careers fall under the essential designation, so neither of us have to work from home. I'd just been recently cleared to return to work after five months on the shelf, and I was eager to get back after it, as five months on my ass rehabbing my knee and not being able to do physical stuff drove me nuts. For context, I enjoy physical activities, I'm an avid martial artist and I'm typically in the gym 4 days a week, on top of all of the home projects I did. Within a week or two of the lockdown, my STBXW alerts me that she's going to have to start putting in extra hours. Again, I think nothing of this because of her field. Of course, I was under the assumption it'd be every other day, but no. It was every day. And not just an hour or two. She'd come home 3 or more hours later and go straight to the shower, spend a little time with me, a little time with our 17 years old, 22 year old lives with his gf crosstown and then go to bed. As I'm able to support myself on my knee better, we started getting intimate again, but as you probably guessed she wasn't mentally or emotionally present for it, which I noticed quickly. So by early April, the picture started getting clearer to me. All of the signs were pointing to the idea that she was having an affair. That's when I decided I needed to find answers. So I scoured the internet on things I should be looking for. Signs of infidelity in one's partner, and sure enough she was pretty much ticking all of the boxes on such behavior. So then my search inquiry advanced to how do I find proof? I started with her social media. Looking at her FB entries from months prior, it's pretty much the usual. Picks of us and our sons, pics with her and her friends, and a more than a few pics of her nights out with co-workers. In these pics, it's a mixed bag of her closet's friends from work, and a couple folk I've never met from her work. But I see one recurring thing in a number of these pics, one guy. In every picture he's in, he's rather uncomfortably close to her. His arm is around her shoulder, or his hand on her lower back. Way too close for a guy I've never personally met. Needless to say that put a sour taste in my mouth, but that wasn't the worst of it. No, no, no. The worst was the fact that apparently, this dude is a friend of hers on FB and followers her on IG. So I go to look up his FB account and wouldn't you know it, I'm blocked. Why the hell am I blocked from seeing this guy's FB account, but he's friends with her on FB. Yep. Now I'm in Batman detective mode. At that point, I wasn't even trying to deny it. I knew she was cheating on me with this guy. My mission was to find out for how long. And over the course of April and May, that's what I did. You know I never had any clue the depth of info you could secure from phone, text and email records up until then. We have a family planned cell phone package, and I was able to pull up quite a bit of data. My SDBXW's data history was telling. The two most frequent numbers she had interacted with from October 2019 to April 2020 was my own, and a number I'd never seen before. Take a wild guess whose number it was. A quick check on Google and I confirmed it was the dude from the photos who blocked me on FB. We'll call him P.S., cause that's what he is. Again, the picture becomes even clearer at this point. But a lot of their messages and texts were disjointed, which meant she was deleting a lot of them. I knew she was cheating on me with this guy, but nothing in the data could serve as a smoking gun. I needed more evidence. It's at this point that I tell my best friend Oz what I had found. He asked me did I confront her with what I had, and I said no because I felt like it wasn't enough. That's when he told me about an app that I could download to apparently spy on her communications in real time. I won't say the name as I don't know the rules on that here. I got it installed, sync up my data plan, and waited. Within days of doing so, I finally saw it. A text string between the two of them talking about how much fun they'd had the previous night and making plans to do it again that weekend. Boom, gut punch. To say I was completely devastating was an understatement. I guess that moment counts as my D-Day and for the next two days after I was just broken. I actively distanced myself from her those two days immediately after D-Day which she was noticeably shaking by. She'd try to console me and ask me what was wrong, but I'd brush it off and leave her presence. I couldn't even look at her. This woman, who I gave 23 years of my life to, who I have given everything I could and more to as a husband, and she stepped outside of our marriage for a guy just five years older than our eldest son. By the third day, I wasn't even sad anymore, I was pissed. I contacted Oz to let him know my suspicion was confirmed, and he asked me had I confronted her yet. My answer was no, and I told him I wanted payback. I didn't want to just divorce her, I wanted to destroy her. I wanted to leave her life in shambles and ducking ruin her. It was going to take time to do so, and I devised a plan. In my readings and research on infidelity, I had saw a quote that resonated with me that went the enemy of infidelity is unpredictability or something to that ilk. That was going to be the basis of my plan. I was going to make her life hell on wheels, while also secretly planning my exit strategy. So we're now in early June, and I've still got the app installed. Pretty much every night, I'm gathering as much data as I can seeing their back and forth messages. They're talking like it's a full-blown relationship they're in. Sexting, lovey-dovey romantic stuff, nudes, the whole ducking bag. At that point I had stopped looking at any of it, I was just collecting info and cataloging on my private FPS server. Meanwhile, I start doing things out of the ordinary. I start going out at odd times. I start coming home even later than she does in her presence. I'm on my phone a lot more than usual. And when she asks, what are you up to? I just simply say just stuff and put my phone away. I'd also changed my login info on everything. So she couldn't access any of my stuff, mind you. For our entire marriage, we'd never hit anything from each other, but right around I'm assuming the start of her affair, she'd changed her password on FB, as well as on her phone stating she had to because of the security breaches in recent months. Yay, really nice cover for hiding your affair from your husband. Anyway, I'd clued us in on my plan, as well as telling my older and only sister and two more of my closest friends what was going on. These are people I trust with my life, and I swore them to secrecy. For context, Oz and I have been friends since we were kids. The other of our friends Joey and Nina we've known since high school. Make note of Nina, she comes into play down the road, July comes, and my SDBXW is in full paranoia mode. She's texting and calling me a lot more frequently now, asking me if I'm going to be home when she gets home, when am I coming home while she is and I'm not, asking me what am I up to, the works. I can see the seed planted in her head the month prior is starting to sprout, especially in her communication with P.S. She's confiding in him her doubt and confusion, telling him that I'm getting cold and distant. The ducking nerve of this woman. In the interim of these interactions with P.S., she suggests that maybe they should stop meeting up at our house because she has no idea if I'd just show up, confirming that yes, she's had this duckwad in my home, Thanks, Sue! P.S. asks her in that specific communication was she worried about me potentially cheating on her, which actually pissed her off. I can't even begin to describe the level of joy and how many laughs I got out of reading that exchange. My cheating wife arguing with her affair partner over if she's mad her husband could be cheating on her. Oh the ducking irony. Now bear in mind, I'm not hooking up with anyone. When I leave, I'm usually at Oz or Joey's throwing back some booze, watching fights and spending time with my brothers, or at my big sis house hanging with her and my bill, who's like an older brother to me. My sis is 52 and her hubby is 58. She had told him about my STBXW's infidelity, but not of my plan. Couldn't risk it as he's a bit of a blabbermouth, we'll fast forward now to October. That's when things seriously pick up. I've been in my faux affair for three months now, and Sue is hyper aware of the fact that I'm actively pulling away from her. It's been as long as the day I enacted my plan until the day she confronted me, October 20th, 2020, that I'd even touched her. No hugs, no kisses, no initiation of intimacy, nothing. Not like she needed it. She was still ducking PS, just at his place or at motels. So that afternoon, she calls me at work, which wasn't rare before all this began, but certainly hadn't happened in a while and asked me to come straight home after work saying she had something important to tell me. I'm not gonna lie to you all, I half believed she was going to come clean about her infidelity, but she of course didn't. Instead, I get home to her asking me was I unhappy with her. The fking nerve. She cites the fact that I've been spending way too much time away from home. I don't show her affection anymore and at our s time life has completely died. She tells me she's worried I'm pushing her away because I was resentful of how she treated me the months I was rehabbing my knee. And then came the punchline. She ducking asked if I was cheating on her. Folks, I fell out on the floor laughing hysterically. And when I say hysterically I mean Joker laughing gas hysterical. On the surface it looked like to her assuming it was me laughing off the notion of being unfaithful but it was of course actually me laughing at the sheer irony of what was happening in front of my eyes. I'm tearing up, pounding on the floor in complete hysterics for a good two minutes before I compose myself enough to answer. I sit up and look her in the eyes for the first time in months shaking my head, but I don't give her an answer. I stand up, brush myself off, kiss the top of her head and go about settling in for the night. Later that night, as I'm in my office, I decide you know what, Given the brevity of what happened, I wanted to see what she was telling him. So I fire up the app and sure enough they're actually texting in real time. She tells PS I know he's cheating on me. I asked him tonight and he literally laughed in my face. He fell on the floor and laughed for like 5 minutes. It wasn't 5 minutes obviously. He doesn't even care how I feel anymore. I don't know how or why, but he's gone. I know I've lost him. This is karma. I know it. The smile I had on my face reading that must've resembled the Cheshire cat. She was breaking. P.S. attempted to console her, saying that if I cared enough for her, she wouldn't have had come to him to give her what I wasn't giving her. But the tone of her responses told me she was having doubt now. She had the nerve to step out of our marriage because I was unable to fulfill my role as a husband due to legitimate injury and kept the affair going for at that point nearly an entire year. But the idea of her losing me to another woman was enough to make her waver. What a ducking weakling. Now, during all of this I was also exacting the second part of my plan for payback, getting all of my affairs in order financially. In September, I had met with a family attorney to get the ball rolling on divorce paper, with the mountain of evidence I'd piled up to that point. New York is an at fault state as far as divorce, and the overwhelming amount of proof I'd gathered displaying Sue's infidelity pretty much solidified I could nail her to the ducking wall in a divorce case. My lawyer instructed me to get all of my financials in order in preparation for whatever division of assets might come as a result. I went one better than that, secretly pulling all of my money out of our joint account and putting it in my personal account. I also started shopping around for an apartment as part of phase 2. We're now in November, and I've not changed my behavior. In fact, I've ramped it up. This is where my friend Nina comes into play. For context, Nina and Sue have never been what you call close. I met Nina freshman year of high school two years before I met Sue. Even way back then, Sue has seen Nina as a threat, as she's my closest female friend. There's always been an implied I don't trust her from Sue regarding Nina. She's never addressed it directly, but it's obvious to anyone who pays attention. Conversely, Nina's never been a big fan of Sue. Early in me and Sue's relationship, Nina called to attention to me how Sue was pretty much imposing herself into our little square of friends, whereas I didn't do the same with Sue's set of friends. That irked Nina because she knew why Sue was doing it Her Among Sue's circle even now, There are no male friends, aside from P.S. whereas Nina is the only girl in my square. Nina had been stuck overseas due to the virus, and finally returned to NYC November 3rd. Oz, Joey and I decided we were gonna celebrate her return with a night at Joey's house for dinner and drinks. There was only five of us, Oz, Joey, Joey's wife, who is also Nina's sister, Nina and myself. Sticking to CDC guidelines. We take the Rona very seriously. Nina, being the evil mastermind she is, comes up with an evil idea to trigger Sue. She suggested we take some photos in the same vein of the photos I discovered of Sue and PS months prior and post them to my FB. And that's just what we did. It wasn't until the fifth that Sue got wind of it, as I'm guessing a few friends noticed my updates and saw how uncomfortably close I was with Nina. This really ducked her mind up, Because she still believed I was cheating, and I can almost guarantee she wanted to accuse Nina, but she knew that Nina had been stuck in Europe for the majority of the year. Still didn't stop her from attempting to dress me down that night for being so as she said handsy in the picks. I saw this as a golden opportunity to deliver the the lead jab for my knockout blow. I say so what about the picks with you and PS from last year. He was pretty handsy in them. But did you see me get bent out of shape over it? Deer in headlights. It was the first time I even mentioned the dude's name throughout all of this. The hamster wheel in her head started reeling in real time as she tried to do explain away those pics. To that point she hadn't even known I saw them, that's little I use FB. When I actually do post something it's like an event to people. Which is why the pics with Nina specifically got so much traction among our circles. And explain away she did. He's that way with everyone. He's just a really friendly guy. I can see how it looks, but there's nothing there. I'm sorry if those pics hurt you. I'll delete them. No, no, the pics aren't what hurt me. The year you've been ducking the dude whilst lying to me that you're working extra hours and hanging with friends is what hurt me. But vengeance, as Lieutenant Com. War from Star Trek, TNG so famously said is a dish best served cold. From that night, Sue was being extra specially clingy and attentive to me. Like, annoyingly so. She's tried to initiate affection and intimacy with me and I'd stonewall her at every chance. All the while, I'm still archiving everything she's saying to PS mind you by this point I'd long since gone numb. Any desire I might've had to save my marriage was dead. I'd checked out the day I enacted the first phase of my plan. She's confiding in him that I've gotten worse that she doesn't know what to do, and she feels like I absolutely hate her. I do. Then comes the bombshell. She says she can't see him anymore. The guilt is too much for her, and she feels like karma is suffocating her. She can't risk losing me. She says that she loves P.S. deeply, but she's still in love with me, and she has to save her marriage before she loses me. No, my dear, you're about eight months too late for that. P.S. loses his asset it saying such lovely things as he doesn't love you the way I love you. And you're making a mistake, you can't just throw me away like this. That text chain would be the last they'd have until about three weeks ago. Throughout the remainder of November into December, Sue is in limbo. She's trying to gauge where my headspace is and is still unable to tell if I'm actually being unfaithful. Meanwhile, P.S. is steadily blowing her phone up daily, but she's not responding to him. I'd see her check her phone often, but quickly put it away. Meanwhile, phase two of the plan was now officially complete. The divorce papers were done. I'd found me a studio apartment in Co-op City New Yorkers will know the area and signed a two-year lease on it. All of my money was in my personal account. I was ready to throw my haymaker, so we're now at Thanksgiving. My oldest and his GF were hosting a small gathering of our immediate families. So the oldest and his GF, oldest GF's parents. She's an only child myself, Sue and our youngest. We have a great night. My oldest GF is studying to be a chef and she did all the cooking herself. The girl can duck and cook lemme tell you. As I had to keep up appearances of nothing being wrong between Sue and I, I initiated affection with her several times that evening. Kisses on the cheek, cute little hugs. Wrapping my arms around her shoulders from behind, the gestures didn't go unnoticed by her, as she reveled in it. Bear in mind, this was the first time I touched this woman since I kissed the top of her head the night she confronted me in October, so just about 2 months. Not gonna lie, I felt repulsed doing it. But I had to. I couldn't risk the plan, and me being distant to her in the face of my boys, my oldest GF and her parents would set off alarms. So my youngest decides he wants to stay over with his big bro for the night, so Sue and I head home. On the drive home, she thanks me for being so good to her and says, I don't know what you're going through, baby, but I'm here for you. I had to hold off busting out in maniacal laughter again and responded saying, I know, I just need time. So for the first time, realistically, since springtime, we had us time that night, I figured duck it, With what I'm about to do, may as well get some action before I delete her from my existence. I won't go into detail, but it wasn't lovemaking. When I was finished she was a lump of flesh laying there trying to figure out the direction of the truck that ran her over. No cuddling or anything after. I just got up, showered and went to go sleep in my office. To her confusion though, I used a seendom. First time two damn decades I did. She was definitely perplexed by it, but she didn't ask questions. Sure as hell wasn't going raw in her knowing that she'd been doing so with P.S. for months at that point. I wake up the next day and check my handy dandy spy app, and for the first time in weeks, she responded to P.S. dude went full novella. He professed his love for her, said she was wasting her time trying to rekindle a flame in me that died that she'd been in a prison with me for 23 years and deserved to experience the love and affection of a man who would cherish her. Mind you, this dude is 27 duckin years old, five years older than our oldest son. And he's that sprung on a 45 years old married mother of two. What a great, A high quality simp. She chose to blow up our marriage and destroy the home we would built for this dude. Pretty boy with a soft side, huh? She responded saying pretty much the same thing she said when last they talked. That she loves him and enjoyed their time together, but she can't lose me. I'm still the love of her life, but she'll always have a place for him in her heart. That they can still be friends if he chooses, but the physical relationship between them is over. He begged her to see him one last time that week, and yep, you guessed it, she said yes. One more for the road, right? Who am I to say anything? That's what I did to her the previous night. Of course, I added all of that to the archive I'd compiled. December 4th is when phase three, the final phase of operation. Shinobi Ghost, started. The divorce papers were in hand. My new place or residence was set up. Now I had to slowly start moving me stuff out of the house. But first I had to break the news to my boys. I called my oldest to the house that Friday night had them join me in my office and laid everything on that table. Not the specifics, but that their mother had been cheating on me for over a year and I was going to be filing for divorce soon. My 17 year old was especially shaken up by this because he himself had recently experienced his first taste of infidelity. Yep, his first GF had cheated on him just four months prior. Seeing his heart broken a second time at the idea that his own mother was capable of doing this hit him hard. My oldest took it a lot better and suggested taking his brother in to live with him until this blows over, to which I agreed. We packed up some of his stuff, and he asked me was I gonna be okay. I told him yes, son. I'm going to be alright. And so are you. We're going to be alright. I promise. And then they were off. The hardest part was now over, and it was now time to arm the nukes. Over the next few weeks, day by day Oz would help me get a little of my most sensitive stuff out of the house gave him a list of all of the definite stuff to grab while sue and i were at work and left him the spare key this was all stuff sue wouldn't notice was missing unless you told her it was gone i'd also gotten a new phone and phone number and told everyone who needed to know oz joey nina my boys big sis and my mother my new contact info meanwhile i'm keeping up the rouse with sue and she's none the wiser trickling bits and pieces of affection to her just to keep her off of the trail, whilst she's still in contact with P.S. not to the extent that they'd been prior, but there's still an emotional thing happening. The fog is faint, but it's still there. All the while, I gather everything, and I do mean everything. Every bit of data I've archived since I started the plan, call logs, texts, pics, emails, everything, and start making printouts. Folks. I must have spent over a $1,500 on staples supplies, printer ink, paper, binders, the works. And I cataloged everything in order from the beginning of the affair until that last bid two weeks ago, December 16th in the binders, 14 of them. I then put each one in a box and gift wrapped each, addressing them to various people. My mother, my father passed seven years ago, her parents, her two sister, her brother, Her HR department did I forget to mention P.S. works for the same company, and there's an expressed rule against inter-company relationships because of the nature of what she does. Several of her friends, P.S. and P.S.'s parents, lugged all of those duckers to the post office and shipped them all out December 16th. E.T.A. for delivery, December 22nd, 24th. Perfect. So we're now at Christmas Eve, Sue comes home around the usual time, no idea if she'd seen P.S., I'd stop tracking her on the app the 18th. Figure I'd gotten all the mileage I needed from it. As per usual, she showers, hangs out with me a bit, I blow her back out on the living room couch I know, I'm a ducking asshole and she turns in for the night. The final phase was upon me at long last. The nuke I'd been arming since June was finally about to launch. In the middle of the night, I woke up and wrapped up one of the three remaining binders, with the divorce papers taped to the inside cover, and set it on my side of the bed with a note note that said Merry Christmas on it. Next to it I left my old phone and the business card of my lawyer. I packed up the remainder of my most needed items, enough to fill two backpacks, and I left my home that I spent 23 years in for the last time that my friends was one week ago. To Sue I am completely off the grid. Gone, shadow ghosted. She's blocked on FB, but still hasn't blocked me for some reason, so I'm keeping tabs on the fallout. It's absolutely glorious. My packages have reached everyone I sent them out to, and Sue is getting crucified. Her youngest sister completely dressed her down. Both of her parents have condemned her. My mom absolutely destroyed her. Like holy asset, I know my mom has a mean streak, but the things she called Sue were unducking holy. She's been frantically trying to find out if anyone knows where I am, but those that do, aren't saying a word. All over her FB feed she's desperately trying to reach me, because I'm guessing she knows I'm likely looking. But I'm not saying a ducking word to her without my lawyer present. That'll be the next time I share oxygen with her. She's got no way of spinning the narrative to paint me as the bad guy, because I've exposed her to everyone who matters to her. And from what a mutual friend who works in the same company as her, she and P.S. apparently are being put on administrative leave as of tomorrow, so yay, chances are she'll be going into 2021 unemployed. As for the the final two binders, well, one has been turned over to my lawyer as my final bit of evidence for my impending divorce, and the last one I put in my storage unit to be burned in Joey's fire pit when the divorce is final. Do I feel guilty about this? No. Not even in the slightest, 23 years. I did right by this woman. I gave her the home she wanted. I gave her the family she wanted. I gave her the life I felt we both deserved. And I loved her unconditionally. Never have I faltered. Never have I strayed. Never have I even entertained the notion of breaking my vows. When an issue came up that I felt was affecting our marriage. I came to her and told her, and we sorted it out as best we could she opted to find comfort in another man's bed. Rather than come to me and say she was unhappy with our s time life at the time, she decided to step out with a young punk who gave her the tingles. So no, I have no sympathy for what I did or for her. She can burn in hell for all I care. The most I stand to lose is my house, a car and maybe a couple hundred bucks a month in alimony, but seeing as the divorce is filed under the statute of a altery and NYS is at fault that might get waved with the insurmountable amount of evidence I've provided. As far as I'm concerned, she's dead to me and I'm never looking back. Update, fooled my cheating STBXW into thinking I was cheating, then thermonuclear shinobi ghosted and served her Christmas day. Christmas day was the first full day I spent in my new apartment. It's still a work in progress, as I have more stuff I want to get, but overall I've made it my home, since I'm going to be here for 2 years at least my boys and the eldest gf came over and spent a good portion of the day with me the gf brought over treats she'd made and also whipped up a really nice meal i got to sit and talk with my sons in a way i hadn't done in a really long time and it was nice my big sis also came over with more goodies and hung out with us also it had been the first time she'd seen her nephews in nearly a year having all of them around did me some real good As if I were by myself I think I would have just drank myself into a stupor. Everyone cleared out around 8ish, and I decided I wanted to go hang out with Joey and his wife Claudia. Hung out with them for a couple hours, had a couple drinks and then went back home. The next big development happened last week 12 29 20. Around midday I get a text from Nina asking if I was busy that night. I of course wasn't so we agreed to meet up after I got off of work she shows up and we go to a diner not far from where I work. Here in NYC we're doing indoor dining at 25% capacity thanks to the Rona, but there's mostly no trouble getting seats because so many of us opt not to dine out as much these days regardless. So after we're seated and order or food, Nina pretty much lays all of her cards on the table, and honestly, I knew this was coming. She basically confessed that she's like me all the way back since we were teenagers, but never got the chance to tell me since Sue swooped in and scooped me up before she could. For context, I've known Nina longer than Sue by two years. As I mentioned, she's been the fourth point of my social square of myself, Oz and Joey. We were the social outcasts in high school, the raver kids who didn't fit into all of the other cliques. Back then, Nina had a weight problem and was diabetic. She was the heavy-set goth chick who was super cool, but no guy would ever give a second glance at. But we always had chemistry. These days Nina is a personal trainer and yoga instructor. She was the ugly duckling who grew into one hell of a beautiful swan if I must say. Long story short, we decided that upon the finalization of my divorce, we are going to start seeing each other. And yay, I slept with her that night. Took her back to my new pad and we had a grand old time. Am I ashamed of sleeping with her? Hell no. Nina's been a better friend to me than Sue ever was. That's not saying Sue wasn't my best friend. But through the near quarter of a century of known Nina she's always supported me. Even so much as A I learned that day willingly taking a step back from her own feelings to allow me to pursue and eventually start a life with Sue. That resonated with me on a level I didn't think it would. That kind of selflessness towards another person is the definition of real love. I know, it sounds like I'm just trying to justify in my head that sleeping with her was the right decision. To me it was, and I plan on exploring what's to come with Nina and I with total commitment. Okay, on to yesterday, the day I met my wife and her lawyer to discuss the divorce. It's now been 2 weeks since I ghosted my SDBXW. This past Monday I got a phone call from my staking that Sue's attorney has scheduled a meeting for us to discuss the terms of divorce on 1621, which was yesterday. I met with him the Tuesday morning to discuss the terms I'm wanting. Long story short, uncontested divorce under the grounds of marital neglect from Sue. My terms are full division of assets, and me selling my half of the house ownership to her, she can have it. We keep our respective vehicles, I keep my cabin in the Poconos. And under the pretenses of marital neglect, she gets no spousal support from me. As for 17, what I'll refer to my son is from here on, he's free to choose who he wants to reside with following the divorce, which will most likely be me. So Wednesday comes and I show up to my lawyer's office dressed in my Johnny Cash best, my wife and her lawyer. She looks like S it, barely holding it together. I give the stone face. I won't bore you with the lawyer babble, but her lawyer presented an offer for terms of reconciliation. I shot them down almost as soon as she finished listing the details of the request. Like I said, I'll spare you the details of the meeting. Long story short, we agreed to a legal separation leading to an uncontested divorce. The only revision is that I will pay her $653 a month of temporary spousal support to cover the cost of utilities until she's gainfully employed again yep, she got fired for ducking p.s. He got canned as well up to a year after the finalization. I make enough that it won't hurt me financially even if she drags her feet finding a new job, and she's got enough in her savings to live off of for quite some time. Once a full calendar year has passed after the finalization date of the divorce has passed, she's on her own. Small price to pay for being rid of her cheating ass. It'll take roughly three months for things to go through. So early April, if there's no cock ups, I'll be free of her. So after the meeting, my lawyer gives me some final words before telling he'll be in touch to update me on the progress of the filing. Back out on the street, Sue chases me down and asks, can we talk? I figured I'd give her at least that. She held it together fairly well in the but outside let the waterworks flow saying how sorry she was, and how she never meant it to go as far as it did. She says she never expected to fall in love with P.S., but knew when she thought I was cheating how wrong it was to betray her own husband in such a way. She asked could I ever find it in my heart to forgive me, and that maybe in a few years could we try to start over, that she can't imagine what her life is going to be without me. I tell her to start imagining it soon, because this will be the last time I ever speak to or see her. I tell her that 17 is almost a man and old enough to make his own choices as to his own future. I say that I gave her half of my life and every ounce of love I had unconditionally and she in her own words fell in love with another man. That there is absolutely no chance of me ever forgiving her. That all of the love I had for her was slowly killed all of those months that she confided and professed her love to PS, rather than coming to me and telling me she had any form of issue with how things were going with us. I told her I loved who she once was, but I hate who stands before me, and that if I never see her again it'll be too soon. He we are on the sidewalk in midtown Manhattan, her making a scene crying her eyes out. A couple folk walk by and give side glances, but at that point I didn't care. I wasn't about to publicly humiliate her, I pretty much already socially and professionally destroyed her but I needed to get the last bit of emotion I had for her out. I finished my telling her I didn't regret the 23 years I spent being her husband. I regretted that in 23 years she decided the easy way out was the better option, and that and I have your lovely sons of beaches on Reddit to thank for this last one, because it popped in my head just seconds before I said it for 23 years I thought she was mine, but it turned out it was just my turn. Put in my Raycons, turned around and walked the duck away. Later that night, he father calls me and apologizes. He praises me for always being a good man to his daughter, and tells me he's ashamed of her and that he raised her better than what she did. Not gonna lie, I'm going to miss the old man. My dad died years ago, so he's always been my default father figure since. But I can't see myself maintaining a relationship with anyone on her side of the family. After that call, I went on FB and symbolically changed my relationship status to divorced. Yay, it's not final yet but in my eyes it's over and done. Like I said, when I make a post on FB it's an event, so plenty of folks started hitting me up over messenger asking question, and I laid it all out that I filed for divorce with Sue earlier in the day. Of course Nina called me, shocked that I pulled the trigger so fast. Obviously I was already in the process of it when we spoke, but she had no way of knowing how far it was along. I asked her if she could come over, and of course she comes a-runnin'. We knocked boots again, but this time she stayed the night. We laid in my bed and talked into the wee hours of the morning, and I haven't felt this level of relief and connection in really long time. Nina gets me, and I can't get enough being around her. Since the day she confided in me she's all that's been on my mind. Yeah I know some folk are gonna say it's ducked up I'm moving on so fast, but as far as I'm concerned by marriage end of the day PS let Sue touch his pecker, so I'm about due, so yeah, That's it. That's the end. My divorce is in the works, and I'm moving on to start a relationship with Nina. I know in a comment response to someone I said I'd probably not marry ever again, but that was before Nina came clean to me about how she felt towards me, and I can't deny that I feel the same. We're going to take it slow, and we're not announcing anything until the divorce with Sue is legal and official. As for Sue, I could give a flying duck what happens to her. She could move P.S. into our old home for all I care. I'll be getting my money for the house over the course of 2021 for quarterly installments and aside from the $653 I will pay out directly to her savings account monthly, I never have to see or speak to her again. To all of the words of support, encouragement and praise, I eternally thank you all. Update: STBXW of 23 years just tried to kill herself last night. The hits just keep on coming. I've been sitting in this for a hours now. Didn't know where to post this, so this sub seemed appropriate. So if you want a bit of backstory, check my post history for the details. I'm not keen on how linking to other subs here works, but my previous two entries are viewable in my profile. The quick version is this, I discovered my wife of 23 years 45 F was having an affair with a 27 years old coworker. We have two sons, 22 and 17. I concocted a plan to completely upend her life centered around fooling her into thinking I was having an affair myself. I kept the rouse going for over 412 months while compiling evidence of her infidelity as well as securing divorce papers and planning my exit strategy slowly moving my personal belongings from our home to a new apartment, getting a new phone and number, separating my half of our shared income from our joint account, etc. On December 16, 2020, I gathered every bit of proof of her affair I'd compiled, printed it all out from start to that week, filed it all into 14 binders, packed 11 into gift-wrapped boxes and mailed them all out to the most important people in her life, as well as her HR department with an ETA between 12-22-12-24-20. On Christmas Eve, while she slept I took one of the remaining three binders and did the same, only this one I taped the divorce notice to the inside cover, and left it on my side of the bed which mind you she'd had her lover in a number of times along with my old phone and my lawyer's business card, and shadow ghosted her. Over the next 4 days her life completely imploded. Her family pretty much excommunicated her. Her friends the ones who didn't know of the affair ostracized, and my own mother took her to task calling her the most scathing and vile things you could possibly think of. Her and her lover were also placed on administrative leave and eventually fired. Last week we had our divorce hearing, and settled on a legal separation into uncontested divorce, with a few provisions in place for transitional income since she's now unemployed. I'm to pay out the price for the utilities, $653 a month until either she finds gainful employment or upwards to one year after the date of the divorce's finalization, which is expected to be three months from now. She keeps the house, her car and her half of the shared assets. I keep my half of the assets, my vehicle's car, motorcycle and boat and my vacation property cabin in the Poconos. After the hearing, we had one final exchange where she tried to explain away her infidelity and beg me to give her a second chance after the divorce is finalized. I of course said no, gave her some choice words and walked away from her forever. This brings us to last night. As only my closest friends, two sons, older sister and mother have my new contact info, and I've completely blocked my STBXW on all social outlets. She has had no means of reaching me since I left her Christmas Eve, but some our mutual friends still do. Last night I'm hanging out in my apartment and I get a voice call notification on messenger from one of said friends, one of the few who hadn't abandoned her following me outing her affair. She didn't waste any time when I answered and said she had went to check on Sue the STBXW and found her passed out in the bedroom foaming out of the found with two bottles of empty pills next to her. She's in the ICU in critical, but stable condition. The doctor said that she will likely pull through, she's clearly not going to be well after. She begged and pleaded for me to come. Her parents and two of her sisters were also there at the hospital. My guess is they were notified after the hospital attempted to notify me, but Sue would still have my old as her emergency contact. I simply told her no. Sue's not my problem anymore, and she clearly decided she wanted to take the easy way out rather than deal with the shame and agony of the 23-year marriage she blew up. I then told her friend that if Sue's family were there, they can help her sort out the pieces, but as far as Sue and I are concerned, there is no Sue and I anymore. I then ended the call, I've had a few hours to sleep on it, and my sons called me this morning asking if I knew. I told them yes, but I also let both of them know that if they want to be there and supportive of their mother, I will not hold it against them or judge them for it. She is their mother after all. But I myself wash my hands of her, and care little to nothing about what she does for or herself anymore. They were both a little taken back by this, but respected my stance. However now that the news has broke about her suicide attempt, many of those friends who dropped her are all starting to surface again and saying I need to be there for her. That even despite what she did to me, I need to support her in her time of need. I've also been informed that her AP tried to visit her this morning, but wasn't allowed because he's not family. I'm getting dogpiled on to go see her, but I feel nothing for this woman anymore. I haven't for a very long time. I checked out during the process of getting my payback for her betrayal, and I stand by the fact that I don't care at all for what she's done. In fact, it makes me hate her even more. She's the one who was unfaithful. She's the one who though a near year long fling with a guy five years older than her oldest son was worth destroying 23 years. And now that she has to face the consequences of her choices, she chooses the most selfish way of deal with. Even now, seeing as she's in all likelihood going to survive, she's cultivated immediate sympathy from everyone who took her to task. And I'm being made out to look like the jaded ex-husband unwilling to sympathize for her by most her family not her dad. He's reached out to me over the last few hours and said he respects my decision to stay away. It's like I never even truly knew this woman. 23 ducking years and it comes to this. Yes, I know the way I broke things off with her may have put her in a poor mental state. But now a whole new can of worms has been opened up because either she had a complete mental breakdown and decided to self-delete herself, or she made an extremely risky and calculated move to call favor back from people who just weeks prior condemned her for betraying me. She cheated on me, and now she's the ducking victim? Sorry if this comes off as rantish, but I'm here trying to wrap my brain around this. I wanna be perfectly clear, I'm not going to visit Sue she waved her right to me caring about her well-being the day she let ps my personal nickname for her lover put his dck inside her this might come off as heartless because despite the cool calm collected way i've been throughout my who ordeal my feelings are still very much raw but i don't give a duck about this woman haven't for a very long time i'm aware i'm going to be vilified by a number of folk here i don't much give a s it think of me however you want If you were in my shoes you'd see her actions vastly different. Some of you folks are going to go look up my post history and see the story of what I did to her. And you're going to draw the conclusion that her suicide attempt was my fault. That me tormenting her for all of those months, fooling her into thinking I was cheating on her while she actively cheated on me, then destroying her socially and professionally as a result was the catalyst for her meltdown. Maybe it was. Maybe I am heartless sociopath. But as Arthur Fleck so famously said you get what you ducking deserve. I gave this woman half of my life and did absolutely everything to be the best possible husband she could ever have. By her own admission I had no bearing in her decision to step outside of our marriage. She did it for her. Her selfishness knows no bounds, and I am glad to be rid of her. If it makes me the bad guy because I will not go see her and never plan on interacting with her ever again, so be it. I hold true to my damn convictions. She made the choice to betray me. She made the choice to put her needs above the needs of our marriage. So now it's my turn to choose to me over everything else. She can rot in the darkest pit of hell for all I care. Let everyone else help her fix her. My obligation to ever care about her well-being ended the day we signed the separation agreement. I just needed to get this off of my chest. If you're going to cast judgment on me for feeling how I feel, save it. Like I said above, after 23 years and two children I never really knew this woman after all. I have no sympathy for her, and I never will. Let her ducking rot. Quick update, I've been informed by Sue's dad that she's been moved from the ICU to the mental health wing. Doctors are still monitoring her mental state. She's conscious and cognitive again, but obviously lethargic. Her father told me she asked did I come to see her, and he said no and she shut down after. He respectfully said any further news he'll share only if I inquire, because he understands the headspace I'm in. Also, I've scheduled counseling for 17. The first consultation is this coming Monday. Update, aftermath of STBXW suicide attempt. I'm writing this here as a form of therapy. A way to get my thoughts out in a pragmatic way. Today, against everything I said in my previous posts and comments, I went to go see Sue. She's been out of the hospital four days now, and believe it or not it was Nina who convinced me I need to see her. She said the only way I'd let go of the contempt I feel for her is to see her one last time, in her weakened state. So around 6pm, I called her for the first time since I served her. Her hello wasn't the bright and bubbly hello I'd known for over two decades. He voice was hoarse and weak. The moment she heard my voice she immediately began crying took almost 3 minutes for her to regain composure enough to talk again. Before she could say anything, I told her I was coming to see her within the by 8 PM, and she agreed. It's about an hour and a half from Co-op City, where my new apartment is to my old home, so I grabbed a bite to eat from the local pizzeria and started on my way there. I got there about 7 47 PM, and she was already at the door before I pulled into the driveway. As I came near, I could see the tool her actions had taken on her. She was noticeably thinner. The unhealthy kind of thin. As a whole, she looked like the walking dead. First thing she does is try to come in for a hug, and I stop her cold. She got the hint that I wasn't there to console her and backed off immediately. We go inside and sit in the living room. Almost immediately Sue tells me she wants to come clean about everything. She tells me she couldn't live with the guilt of what she did to me and the boys. From the day we signed the separation agreement, she went into a downward spiral of guilty and agony that led her to her suicide attempt. Her friend the one that called me from the hospital had noticed her behavior and started coming over to check in on her. She said the doctors told her had she not been found just an hour more, she'd would have succeeded, she admitted to failing me as a wife. That her falling for P.S. was wrong, as was her choice not to pull back when she knew she was getting too deep. She also apologized for sharing the many intimate details of our marriage and speaking ill of me to him. That she never imagined herself being the kind of person who was capable of doing that, but she was. She said she believed in her head that she was doing the right thing, but ultimately when she thought I was cheating it all hit her like a ton of bricks. The feeling of betrayal was suffocating, and she had to get out of as soon as possible, but it was obviously too late by then. She then asked me at what point did I stop caring, to which I said the night she confronted me with the notion of me cheating with the fervor that did, knowing full well she'd been ducking P.S. for months at that point, I lost all respect for her and it steeled my resolve to enact my plan. She told me that when she woke up Christmas morning and found the gift I left she was over the moon, until she opened it. That when she realized what it was, and how much I had known, she literally went mad, and hasn't set foot in our bedroom since. She was frantically trying to find if anyone knew where I was, but when she went on FB to ask, she started getting thrashed by friends and family about what she had done, but had no idea how everyone knew so fast. That's when I told her about the other binders. The look of shock on her face was priceless. It all dawned her that I did this to her. Everything she's gone through, her friends turning on her, her family shaming her, and yes even her losing her job was my doing. She just fell silent and shut down after that. I took the time to go use the bathroom then, and it was in shambles. The mirror was broken, her skincare products were all over the place, and the tub looked like it hadn't been cleaned since they took her to the hospital. When I came back out to the living room, she has her face in her hands weeping, and I can honestly say I felt nothing. No more anger, no more rage, and absolutely not a shred of pity. They say the opposite of love is indifference. Looking at her, that's all I felt. She looks up at me and says, I ducked everything up. I ruined us, and I have no idea what to do. I can't do this by myself. I tell her she's got her family, her friend who found her and our sons, but she doesn't have me. She never will ever again. I tell her I came to give her closure from the ordeal she just subjected herself to. But the moment I walk out that door, I'm never looking back. So the topic of PS comes up. Not long after she tells me he reached out to her two days ago. They talked for a couple hours and ended with her telling him he needs to move on with his life, find a younger woman and forget she exists. The remainder of the convo was Sue apologizing for he betraying me and asking again, was this really the end? I look her dead in the eyes with no hesitation and say, yes. It's been over long before I served the divorce notice on Christmas. I felt that was my cue to depart. No words were said because what more could be said? I left her sitting on the couch, closed the door behind me, got in my car and drove home. It's 2.56 AM as I'm typing this. I needed to get this out while it's fresh in my head. This is it. The saga of Sue is done. Seventeen and I are both scheduled for counseling in the coming weeks. Nina and I are still going strong and sticking to the plan of keeping things under wraps until my divorce is final. I'm staying active and motivated and looking forward to a future with a woman. I know well cherish and honor me because she's done so from the shadows for decades, it's time for me to focus on the life ahead of me. So this will probably be the last time I post for a while. Maybe I'll come back with an update when the divorce is official. To everyone who has sent me words of encouragement and well wishes, thank you. To all of those who praised me for my plan of revenge, I can honestly say I wish it never came to it, but if I had to go back and do it again, I wouldn't change a single thing I did, aside from maybe doing more to PS than just getting him fired. And to the one guy who harassed me saying I deserved it because I raped my wife, you're ducking delusional and get ducked you tag not, hopping my green ass on out of here, update, where things are, where things are going, if you're interested in learning of my history, just go to view my profile. It's all there. Anyway, it's been just over two months to the day I served my wife divorce papers, and a month since my last update, which I said was likely going to be my final one, but a lot has gone down since that post. And seeing as coming back to this account and seeing hundreds of messages and responses still after my last post, I'll go ahead and let everyone know what's going on. But before all that, I sincerely have to say thank you again for all of the support and kindness that's been sent my way over my plate. I'm as thankful for all of the love I've gotten on Reddit as I am the love I've gotten from my family. So first I want to start with an aspect a lot of people have been concerned with, 17, my youngest son. Just days after my last post he began IC. I went with him his first two sessions, and he's gone by himself for everyone once since. He goes two times a week, and it has drastically helped. For the most part he's doing fine, but I can say that his trust in relationships has been completely shattered. The lasting effects of his own experience with infidelity, coupled with deal his mother's actions of cheating and her attempted suicide has left a pretty big scar that I think may take decades to heal. I come to find out his experience was even worse than he let on. He actually caught his ex GF making out with a guy he thought was a friend, but it turned out was only getting buddy-buddy with him to get to her. He never told me this aspect of his breakup. My heart breaks for my son to have had to experience this at such a pivotal point of his formative years. You do all you can to protect your children, but then life goes ahead and says no. He's decided he's going to stick to IC for the long term, and I have told him if ever he needs to to talk to me about anything, nothing is out of bounds. Next up, there's my IC. It's safe to say if you've read the bulk of my entries, I have a bit of an anger problem, which is strange because I've always been a reserved, controlled and stoic man. But this whole experience evidently woke a sleeping dragon in me. That's a pure fire breather. I've talked about everything with my therapist. And when I say everything, I mean everything. When I explained to him the extent of what I did to my ex, he was both impressed and appalled. Not the reaction I was expecting. Apparently I display sociopathic tendencies when provoked, which doesn't surprise me at all given everything I did. My sessions are not so much dramatic, they're more so organizational. Unpacking all of the things going on in my head regarding the implosion of my marriage, and trying to find balance. Now for the elephant in the room, Nina. I have no idea where I'd be without this woman. Never did I ever expect to have such a caring, empathetic, nurturing woman by my side to carry me through all of this. We are still very much going strong and try as We have to keep our ongoing relationship under wraps. It's pretty much out of the bag within our group. She just gets me. She always has since we were teens. And since she knows the pain of having the person you've invested your life into being with cheat on you as well. She does all she can to help me cope with my feelings. We split time between staying at her place and my own. The discussion has come up about moving in with each other, but her five-year-old puts a kibosh on that idea. My place isn't big enough for three people, and I'm locked into my lease until 2022, so for now we'll keep splitting time between. When her daughter is away with her father, Nina's at my place. When she has her daughter, I'm at hers. Speaking of her daughter, I absolutely adore her and she's taken a shining to me. I wish I could find the words to truly put into perspective how important Nina has been to me through all of this. If you haven't taken the time to read my previous entries, Nina has secretly been in love with me since we were sophomore in high school, but she was an ugly duckling back then who thought she had no chance with me. She actively sat by and watched me chase after, date and marry my SDBXW, soon knowing how she felt. Well over 25 years she held this secret until a week after I had my divorce hearing, where we met for food and she laid everything on the table. I consider myself lucky to have her in my life. We constantly talk about what the future holds between us. As we've both been burned by marriage, we're definitely not going that route, but we have discussed a civil union. We'll probably wait a little while before going that route, but it's pretty much decided between the two of us that we are it for each other. Last but not least, the STBXW Sue. What I have to tell everyone about here is that well, there's nothing to tell you. After the final time I spoke to her after her attempted suicide again, if you haven't read up on my story, you should really go to my profile and get caught up on the novella that's been my life since 2019, I've gone 100% NC with. I have no idea how or what she's doing, and I don't care to ever know. As far as I'm concerned, she's dead to me that's really about it for the most part. Life goes on. It's March 2nd as of me typing this, so there's just one more month to go regarding the filing going through. By this time next month, I'll be a free man officially. And I'm counting down the days I can finally and truly begin the next chapter of my life. Edit, to clear something up, I made a mistake with my statement about being clinically diagnosed as a sociopath. I assumed because my therapist said I display sociopathic tendencies when provoked that it was a clinical diagnosis. It wasn't, it was just his professional observation. Also, my oldest son 22 has no true intent to do harm to P.S. He said what he said out of anger. Last update, the end and farewell. This will be the official final entry into the tale of how I found out my wife of 23 years was cheating on me, and the events that followed. By now I think there's more than enough people around the net who know of it. Truth be told I never even knew there was such a big market for stories like mine on YouTube. I've seen my posts narrated in so many channels it'll make your head spin. For the record, UKCC YouTube is the only one who actually messaged me and asked for permission to highlight my story, so I thought I'd give him a special shout out. But enough pleasantries, time for the update. On April 13th, Just one month ago, Sue officially became my ex-wife. I was initially told by my lawyer that it would go through on the 18th, but due in part to things here in NYC starting to open up with the lowering of COVID cases, it was pushed through a few days earlier. My lawyer Jeff gave me a call on April 12th and asked me to come see him the following day. When I did, he handed me the finalization notice and shook my hand. I couldn't just leave it at that, So I went in and gave him a hug and thanked him for all he'd done for me. On my way home, all I could do was just replay mental movies of everything. The last 24 years of my life, all of the memories, all of the history. When I stepped into my apartment, it finally happened. I hit the floor and all the emotion that has been compressed in me came pouring out. I haven't cried like that in ages, but it wasn't a sad cry, not by any means. My soul felt like it had been set free after being held in the deepest, darkest abyss. The phone call I made that night was to 22. I kept it short and sweet, saying that it's finalized and his mother and I are no longer married as to that day. He asked how I felt I'm sure he could tell in my voice I've been crying and I told him I was fine. 17 got on the phone next and we spoke for nearly 90 minutes. 22 and his fiancé have been doing a great job looking after him and he's still like myself going to therapy. I won't go into detail about what we spoke of, but I will say there's still a lot of work to be done specifically with his view of relationship. Nina came to see me later that night as she always does, and obviously I gave her the news. She just wrapped her arms around my waist and held tight as yes, I cried again. Once I was able to compose myself again, Nina told me no matter what, she will never betray me and loves me with all her heart and I know every word of it is true. I might catch some flack for saying this as I don't regret the life I build with Sue, and despite all she did give me two strong sons, but it's clear to me now I picked the wrong woman. Nita in the last four one two months has given so so much and asked nothing in return. All she asks of me is to be there for her. I don't want to drone on about her for too long, but she truly is my hero. There's also some other interesting events that came to pass following the divorce finalization. Case in point, PS actually reached out to me. Yes, he actually sent me a message here on Reddit. Turns out he saw the story when it blew up on YouTube, and immediately recognized that it. Before anyone asks, no, I will not be revealing what his Reddit username is. I think I've made the kid suffer enough. The first thing he did was apologize for his hand in all of this. He gave me a rundown of what the results of the binder I sent his mother did. Essentially, he's been excommunicated from his family. His mother, as I learned when I was planning out my payback, is a devout Catholic woman, the in church three days a week nominee patri spiritu sante type of devout. So her views on marriage are sacred, and learning that her son just broke up a marriage that was almost a quarter century long sent her into a rage. She kicked him out that very day, and within the week when his employer got the binder I sent to them, he was fired as well. He's been couch hopping and trying to find a new job ever since. He claimed he wanted to reach out to me on social media, you know, all of the places he'd blocked me when he was ducking Sue but admits he was afraid because in his word if I was able to find him before, I could find him again. I admit I could have went all in on destroying this kid, but I didn't. I asked him when was the last time he saw Sue, and he said he hadn't seen her in months. The last time he had talked to her, Sue told him to forget about her and move on with his life. Which I recall Sue saying the last time I had spoke to her, so at the very least she wasn't lying about that. I asked a few more questions and the kid was surprisingly forthcoming. I guess he was looking for some kind of penance for the chaos he'd brought upon himself. A lot of what he said mirrored info I'd gleaned from text documentation I gathered. I didn't do much responding, I just asked and he answered. Convo went on for 20 or so minutes before he said again how sorry he was, and that's when I hit him with this copy-paste from the convo. You're a 27 years old man who has to live the rest of your life knowing that your own mother now loathes you for breaking up a marriage that was almost as long as how long you've been breathing. I know you've messaged me because karma is eating at you, but I won't give you closer. When I was 27, I was building a legacy. Right now, you're a homeless, jobless homewrecker. If you're smart, you'll learn from this lesson. If you're not, you'll stay a duck up until you're my age, assuming you make it that far. I'd wish you luck, but you don't need luck, you need to get your asset in order. With that, I ended the convo and blocked him. Not the kind of closure he was looking for obviously, and I could have been a lot more hostile, but I think those words will haunt him enough as is. The next major event is that as of May 4, 2021 Nina is now Nina D. Frog. Over the last two months, we have had long discussion as to where we want things to go between us. Nina made it abundantly clear that she has no intentions of ever being with anyone else but me, and she wants my namesake. She wants to be my wife, and wants me to adopt her daughter will call her Anna as my own. As I've made mention of in the past, I adore this kid. She's 6 now birthday was last month and she idolizes me. I'm the first father figure she's had since her bio dad pretty much cut out on them when she was 4, Annie has made a practice of not introducing any man she's been involved with since her divorce in Anna's life unless they had staying power. Needless to say, I have staying power and experience raising children. And speaking of, Anna and 17 are like two peas in APD. The big bro, lil sis dynamic between them is both stunning and adorable. 17's really clung on to Anna and her revels in it. Had a talk to my therapist about it, and he said it's definitely a good sign. Seventeen sees innocence he wants to protect and Anna even though his innocence has been shattered. So, we decided last Monday to go to City Hall and pull the trigger. Took 24 hours to get the marriage license, and the reveal was the most uneventful reveal ever conceived. Oz made mention as if no one didn't see this coming and Big Sis said now placing bets on when the now expecting post goes up. We thought where we were keeping our relationship under wraps all these months, but pretty much everyone figured it out already. So yay, that was kinda hilarious. Some people are going to say it was too soon. And yes, I said in past comment responses that I'm never getting married again, but that was all before the true dynamic between Nina and I manifested. This woman has professed her undying, unconditional love for me. She has laid in my arms and cried saying how happy she is, and how she never in a million years imagined she'd ever have the chance to be with me. She's gone in painstaking detail about how she's felt about me the past 25 years, and how even while she was married she lamented the notion that Sue won. And I honestly had no idea how deep that rabbit hole went. She even went as far as saying there were times where she herself had thoughts of having an affair with me popped into her head, but she could never be that kind of person. And even so, through all of the years I've known her she has given me so much and asked so little in return. Even the woman I married and had two children with has never shown the amount of love to me that Nina has. I'd be a fool not to give her my name. So now, she has it. And we're in the early stages of paperwork for me adopting Anna. And finally, there's Sue. I've not spoken to her since the last time I visited our marital home, which is going on 4 months ago. But mutual friends the ones that are left do send me updates from time to time. Through one of those friends, a realtor, I know that she sold the house and he gave her a job as a clerical assistant in his firm and in doing so waived the assisted payments I had to fork over as a result of her unemployment. She now lives in a small apartment close by his office, which he also helped set her up in. She's functioning, but a shell of the woman she was. She's barely gained weight and keeps to herself. She comes in, does her work and doesn't socialize with anyone but him likely because you know, or socializing with people from work is where this whole thing started. Last update I got on her was at the end of March, where I thanked him for looking out for her, but told him I don't need any more updates, she's no longer my problem. I'm almost certain she knows about Nina and I, as some of those surviving mutual friends have commented about us. As 17 is a year away from being a legal adult, I have no reason to ever speak to her again, and I won't. And that's that. My journey of betrayal, Revenge, attempted suicide and mental agony is over. I'll field questions and perhaps a few comments, but ultimately after this, I'm fading back into the swamp to live with my new frog wife and her little tadpole. Sincerely, to the literal thousands of people who have given me advice, well wishes and praise through all of this, thank you. Being able to share my story and help others going through the ordeal of infidelity has humbled and blessed me. To the new friends I've actually made here on Reddit, I love you all. Never would I ever have guessed I'd find such wonderful people in a place where admittedly not so wonderful things can be said. Keep it green and keep it classy, Reddit.